Good morning, fellow survivors. I'm Agnes Drew for Mercury, a broadcast of hope, bringing you day 349 of our broadcast. Today, I'll be, once again, reading entries from my journal back from the earliest days of the outbreak. I hope you are all, maybe not enjoying these broadcasts, but connecting to them in some way. Revisiting the past can be traumatic and difficult, but it can also be a good way to see how far we've come. So if you'll indulge me, dear listeners, I'll continue with day three. Things are starting to fall apart. The internet went first. Max and Dr. Clark got up this morning and checked the city website first thing, like always, but it wouldn't load. We don't know if it's just the campus network or if things are down all over town, but I have a bad feeling it's not coming back anytime soon. Even if it did, we won't be finding out until the power comes back on. That's gone too now. We don't have any candles or anything in the studio, so we've been sitting out in the main room by the windows. It will be dark soon, and I hope to finish this entry before the light is too dim to write. We've been eating the groceries Max brought back from his apartment. I'm really glad now that he wasn't a great cook. There's plenty of peanut butter and canned ravioli to make it through for a little while before we have to go out again. Max said we'll have to go find a real store next time, so whatever happened yesterday, I'm getting the sense that he won't be going home again. Max also thinks it might be a good idea to start locking the fence. So far, it's always just had a little latch but no lock, but now he's attached some old zip ties to keep it shut. A normal person would be able to cut through it with a pair of scissors, no problem, but normal people might not be our biggest worries right now. I've been trying to write down everything I've ever learnt about undead people from books and movies, as well as all the rumors I can remember from before the lockdown. I haven't seen any of what's out there up close, so I can't know if anything I think I know is true or not, except for the fact that they're dangerous. Sam's voicemails were enough evidence of that. I'm trying not to think about him, but it's impossible not to. I will try to clear my mind, breathe, focus only on the book I'm holding or the words coming out of Max's mouth, but then his voice will come into my head and I'll freeze. Sometimes it's so real to me that it feels like it's not coming from my own mind, and I'll need to hear his voice, for real, just to hear the difference to know that he's not really calling out for me. I haven't played it for Max or Dr. Clark, but I've been listening to it over and over again. Now that the power is out, my phone will eventually run out of battery and I won't be able to. But without cell service or Wi-Fi, it isn't really good for anything else, I guess. Max is starting to crack. First with the chair under the door handle and now with the fence. He keeps pacing and muttering and going over to the door, almost opening it and then dropping his hand and turning away again, only to walk back over moments later. I don't know what he's debating, but I know he's worried. Dr. Clark is still barely speaking to anyone. Max just informed us that in the morning we'll start taking turns walking around the fence to check for its strength and durability. So I guess that's a thing now. 
I'm not even sure what to look for, but I definitely don't like the idea of being outside for even that long. Dr. Clark volunteered to take the first shift. I think she wants an excuse to get out of the studio. We're still under official lockdown, but I'm starting to think that there might not be anyone patrolling. All the lockdowns before, there would be cops on the street, ushering people on to their destinations and taking anyone in who didn't want to obey the instructions to stay indoors. We also had the campus police checking on all the buildings, but this time, nobody has come by. Either way, you don't have to tell me twice to stay indoors. I don't really want to see what's out there for myself. I think I have to wrap this up now. It's getting really dark, and I can barely see what I'm writing. Dr. Clark has put away her book, and she's curling up in the rolling chair she's been sleeping in. I personally prefer the floor. It's not very soft, but at least I can be completely horizontal. Max always stays up later than me and wakes up earlier, so I'm not totally sure about his sleeping configuration, but I wouldn't be surprised if he usually passed out in front of the desktop, hoping that the bright light of a sudden update on the screen will wake him in the night, the glowing alarm of good news. For all our sakes, I hope it does happen. I hope that very soon this is all over. I have to hope that it will be. I think that what's happening now is very wrong, and I think that when the power comes back and the lockdown lifts, things won't be the same. Some things will be different. For all of us, but at least for me. When the good news starts rolling in, the bad news is going to start rolling in too. The names of the wounded will be released, alongside the names of the dead. And even if the rest of us get to go home, we won't find it the same as when we left. It will be missing some people. Like Sam. Thank you, listeners, for going back in time with me. I'll continue this later, and I think before too long, I will have worn down Max and Dr. Clark enough for them to share some journal entries of their own. They didn't start writing as early as I did, but... I'm positive that they have some important insights and thoughts that we can all benefit from them sharing. Until tomorrow, I'm Agnes Drew, signing off for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Take care of each other.